It's an evening of old-time radio. Adventures of the Saint, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as The Saint. Taxi! Taxi! Uh, 4,500 Sutter, please. It's uh, kind of light, ain't it? Yes, it is. Uh, uh, comes this time of night, I figure a guy should order... Uh, 4,500 Sutter, please. Uh, mind you, I, uh, I don't like to get personal. Driver. Know, but, uh, yeah? Of all the cabs in San Francisco, most of them operated by drivers who mind their own business. Why did I have to get your cab? Well, I like... Who are you going to see at 4,500? My name is Simon Temper. I'm six foot one inches tall, and I have a birthmark on my right shoulder blade. My income for last That's year was... That's all right. Evading the question, huh? Uh, I give up. I'm going to visit a man named Clarence Quigley. Clarence Quigley? Clarence You're going to see this uh, alleged Clarence Quigley uh, look, about... Look, he's got a collection of paintings. I like to look at paintings. Maybe that would seem odd to you, but... Oh, come, uh, come now. No temper. Now, if I was your wife, you'd have to do better than that, you know. Oh. So how much do I owe you? And go away. Oh, would you think I was soaking you if I suggested three bucks? I would. As uh, one man of the world to another, let's uh, make it three bucks anyway. Let's just be yokels and make it 50 cents. Here you are. Well, I... Hey... Hey, is that blonde giving you the eye of me? Blonde? Yeah, the one coming down the street towards us. Oh, yeah. Best, uh, best foot forward. I never saw her before in my life. Elsworth, dear. Oh, Elsworth, dear. Uh, I beg your pardon, but that's my neck you've got your arms around, Miss... Oh, uh, a man named Clarence Quigley, huh? Driver, stop heckling. Look, Miss, whatever your name is, the way you're strangling me is a pleasant way to be strangled, but... Uh, Elsworth, dear. Sounds so cool. I'm not Ellsworth, dear. I think I can honestly say I have never been Ellsworth, dear. You're not? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were. Or maybe I just hoped you were. Uh, don't you know Ellsworth, dear, when you see him? No, I don't, I guess. But, uh... I saw you and then the name came to me, so I thought... Uh, who is Ellsworth? I don't know. Well, I suppose a certain amount of confusion about uh, who or what Ellsworth is is understandable, but... that but isn't the worst. It isn't? No. See, not only don't I know who Ellsworth is, but... Yes? I don't even know who I am. Now, what I want to know in a general sort of way is uh, how Mr. Clarence Quigley is going to feel. 
Driver, would you mind concentrating on your driving? Yeah, you know, he's liable to be frustrated, like uh, I'm taking you and a lady right back to where you started. My apartment, yes, because Miss, uh, Miss X needs help. I feel as though I'm imposing on you, Mr. Tim. Nonsense. The hour's late. You couldn't very well go wandering about the streets indefinitely. Especially in that hat. Anything wrong with my hat? Not a thing. No, it's very charming and immaculate. Yeah, also, it resembles a bird's home away from home. Well, mister, we have returned from where we went away. Good. Miss X? Thank you. Huh? You're going to keep on being a yokel, huh? Here. Mm-hmm. This time only half a yokel. Well, Goodbye. You know where I'm going? No. I'm going to lurk outside of Clarence Quigley. I think tonight he's a fellow who needs a friend. I need one, too. Oh, come along now. There you go. Now, take your hat off and make yourself comfortable. All right. Oh, I'm so afraid. Oh, Lord. quiet now. Let's take a look at your back. Usual odds and ends, and they're compact, initial. DM. DM, does that suggest anything? DM? Hmm. No. No, it doesn't. Nothing means anything. All I remember is being outside an art gallery on Southern. Well, you're well-dressed, compact gold, no latchkey, which means you probably don't live alone, which could also mean you've been missed. Your phone? Yes, the police, missing person bureau. They, uh, uh, hello? Oh, get me Inspector Murray, hmm? Thanks. I'll hold on. I hope maybe they know about me. Oh! What's the matter? Oh, I just touched the back of my head. It's terribly painful. Come here. Huh. Yeah, bruise the size of what I wish my bank account was. Well, there's the cause of your amnesia. Oh, hello, Inspector. Uh, Simon Templer. Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> Inspector, your language is deplorable. Inspector, I'm looking for someone, a blonde. Uh, Inspector, No. No, well, maybe, but not tonight. At any rate, the girl I'm looking for is around 22 years old, blonde hair, blue eyes, height 5 foot 3 inches, uh, thereabouts, wearing a street suit, brown, white blouse with ruffles at the neck, and... What? Oh, oh you're looking for her, too. Her name's Dorothy Moore. Uh, why do you want her? Oh, I see. <laughs> I, I guess you've got priority. Goodbye. They want me. Yes, I think. Because I've been reported missing. Partially that. What else do they want me for? Murder. Right here, now try another cup of coffee. Dorothy, I, well, I guess we'll call you that unless we get evidence to the contrary. Dorothy Moore would fit the initials on your compact. What am I going to do? You stay here and wait for me. Where are you going? Well, from the information I've been able to get on the phone, your guardian, a man named Matthew Schreiber, was shot and killed earlier this evening. You disappeared. That's all the information in the public domain at the moment. I'm going to look for more. At my house? Yes. Or shouldn't you turn me over to the police? Oh, well, actually, I don't really know that you are Dorothy Moore. I'd like to know a little more about the murder itself before coming to any decision. You mean you want to help me? Yes. And I need help, too, because you see what's so terrible about it all is that I don't remember anything at all, so I can't even say I didn't murder anyone.
mate. Yeah. Goodbye. Now, wait a minute. Don't shut the door. Why not? I'm coming in. Oh. All right. I, uh, hate to seem prying, but, uh, who are you? Simon Templer. An attractive name. Much more distinguished than mine. Oh, what's your name? Walters. Not the most glamorous name in the world, but I'm a butler, so I bear up. Good. Where is everybody? In the library. They're so well-bred. Oh, uh, who is in the library? Mrs. Atkins, the housekeeper, the Cassandra of our day. A gloomy lady prophesying disaster, hmm? Yes. And, of course, there's Mr. Tinsley. Mr. Tinsley? A strange fellow who spends a good deal of his time sitting on small horses and hitting a large ball with a long wooden stick. A polo player. Doesn't matter what you call it. It's no job for a grown man. Uh, what's his relationship to Miss Moore? Oh, let's not start prying, shall we? Expound? Well... To breach your confidence, he's engaged to marry Miss Moore. If and when she's found, and if she happens to be innocent of our guardian's assassination. Now, anyone else in the library? No, no, no. Mr. Schreiber, dear departed soul, is detained elsewhere, at the morgue. He was shot in the library. Oh, that's a bad place to be shot. Usually fatal. I suppose you take me to the library. Tell me, why did the police suspect Miss Moore? Because of me. You see, I told them that I heard shots in the house. I left my quarters on the gallop, ran towards the library. Just before I got there, the door opened and Miss Dorothy ran out. Ran down the hall and out the front door. Is that true? My dear Mr. Templer, if not, would I have told the police otherwise? I don't know. Besides, it isn't good form to suspect the butler. The library, sir. Okay. Mrs. Atkins, Mr. Tinsley, Mr. Templer. What do you want? I'm looking for Miss Moore. So, young man, are the police. Why? Her guardian was murdered. All his money goes to her, and she's disappeared. Perhaps she didn't murder Mrs. Schreiber. But you wouldn't bet on it. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I did. I hated him. Perhaps Mr. Tinsley there did. <clears throat> now, now, look here. Isn't he priceless? Now, look here. Such a typical phrase. So typical, I wonder if he can really be so stupid. I love Dorothy and... No uh... one has questioned that. But what is it about her that you love? The money she was to get when Mr. Shriver died? The money you wouldn't have got if you'd married Dorothy against Mr. Shriver's wishes? Mr. Shriver didn't approve of the marriage? He, uh... Well, he hesitated about it, but uh, we were working on it. And then became impatient. Now, look here. You have... I resent that. Good. It's now on record that you resent it. How about Walters? Walters? Yes, what motive would he have? What makes you think he has one? Oh, I'm the hopeful type. Walters is a man with a criminal past. Whether or not he got tired of his upright life here, I cannot say. But it wouldn't surprise you. What may surprise both of you, however, is an odd fact. Dorothy Moore is suffering from total amnesia. Amnesia? What do you mean? She remembers nothing of her past, herself, neither name nor habitation. How horrible. How convenient. Wait a minute. How do you know that? Why get around? Well, then you must know where she is. You've got to tell me. Mr. Tinsley is now being the ardent lover. I can't tell you. Why? Well, whoever shot Schreiber, there's very little doubt that Dorothy saw the killer, but Dorothy doesn't remember. The killer, therefore, would have an urgent interest in getting hold of Dorothy before she did remember, and making sure that she would never remember anything again. Well, uh, good night, you lovely people.
Dorothy. Dorothy? Dorothy? Dorothy! Me again. Did you like the place so much the first time? Where's Dorothy? Miss Moore? Yes. Did she come back here? Back? From where? She was at my apartment. When I got there, she was gone. Oh, she did come back here. She didn't ring. Let's find out. Tinsley and Mrs. Atkins still around? Mrs. Atkins has gone up to bed, I think. As for Mr. Tinsley, I imagine he's something to whiskey. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, Tinsley, uh... Huh? Oh, it's you. Yes, where's Dorothy? You're the one who knows. I'm the one who knew. Did she come back here? I haven't seen her. Walters, where's Mrs. Atkins' room? This way, sir. Now, come along, Tinsley. I'd like both of you in sight, sir. If you insist. Mrs. Atkins will not be pleased at having her sleep interrupted. I'm not pleased either. Uh, this is her room, sir. Oh, thanks. must be asleep. Well, then we must wake her up. Oh, she's a very sound sleeper. Well, then we'll go in and wake her. <gasps> well, how do you like that? Mrs. Atkins. Strung up to a beam. Anyone got a knife? Yes. Yes. Here you are. Now, we'll cut the rope and get her down. The bed's over there. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that. She dead? She's dead. Poor old girl. Although, you know something? What? She must have killed the old man. Shriver, I mean. Then she committed suicide. In, in remorse, I mean. For heaven's sakes, Templar, stop playing with that rope. This is a very interesting rope. Is it? Why? Because it proves, you see, that she didn't commit suicide. She was murdered. <laughs> Yes, Inspector Murray. I understand you don't think that Mrs. Atkins committed suicide. I know she didn't. Well, while the boys are playing with fingerprints and stuff, uh, would you mind explaining to a poor benighted member of the lower intellectual classes, uh, I mean, uh, a cop like me... Oh, Murray, now stop pulling my leg. You're one of the brainiest men I know. Then why do you always beat me to a case? Oh, I'm prettier. Uh-huh. Now, about this alleged phony suicide... Well, take a look at the rope with which Mrs. Atkins is supposed to have hanged herself. Now, well, let's see. The rope was thrown over the beam there. Uh-huh. Oh. I'm afraid you're right, Templer. Yeah, it wasn't hard to spot. Her weight would have pulled the rope sharply down over the beam. The fibers of the rope, therefore, should have slanted upward. Uh, instead of which, they slant down, indicating that somebody put the rope around Mrs. Atkins' neck and then hauled her up. We were supposed to think that Mrs. Atkins committed suicide as a confession of guilt. Which leaves us where? In the Schreiber home. I'm more interested in where the girl is. Dorothy Moore? Uh-huh. Why? Because I have... Hey, Mary. Look, coming through the door. Oh, I'm not sure. Simon. Oh, hello, Dorothy. I don't know exactly how I got here, but I don't recognize the place at all. Yet I should, shouldn't I? Yes, you should, Miss Moore. Because this is where you live. But I'm afraid you're not going to stay very long. But... What do you mean? I'm placing you under arrest on suspicion of murder.
You know, I love police headquarters. They're so romantic. Uh-huh. Murray, how are you going to prove anything against that girl if she's suffering total amnesia? By proving that her amnesia is a fake. Oh, how? I have an alienist coming over here to look at one of our guests. I'll have him see Miss Moore, too. He's due any minute. I'll go get the girl now. <laughs> I wonder. Through the other door. Come in. Hello. Well, you're not Murray. I was supposed... Who are you? Doll, of course. Now, what's the matter with you? What are you complaining oh, about? But I'm not oh, the one... Oh, come, that... come. We've got to get to the bottom of these things, don't we? I suppose so. Now, when you were a little boy, what did you want most of all? To be a big boy. Mm-hmm. Are you afraid of the dark? No. No? You are not afraid because uh, you have little friends who come to you in the dark, perhaps, eh? No. Now, why are you afraid of the dark? Oh, it's a long, long story. And, uh... You know, um, you don't look at all well. Well, I don't feel so good either. No. You should see a doctor. Thank you. Thank you. I think I will. <laughs> hey, goodbye. Oh, uh, Templar. Yeah. Uh, your alienist was here, Murray, but he, he laughed. Alienist? Mm. Well, I just phoned him and told him not to come. The district attorney wouldn't hold the girl. Insufficient evidence and ballistics. Ran a paraffine test. No proof that she'd fired a gun. But uh, the man who was just in here, Dahl, I think his name was? Dahl? Uh-huh. He's not the alienist. He's the guy the alienist was coming to examine. He's nuts. Oh, dear. Hmm. Well, I guess you're happy now that we can't hold the girl. No, no, because while you were holding her, things were safe. Now, Mary, let's go visit. Go visit where? The Schreiber house. A house where two people have died. A house very convenient for murder. Coming in. Yes, sir. Dorothy's home? Yes, sir. She got here when? Ten minutes ago, perhaps. Well, we'll go to the library. Yes, sir. She got here ten minutes ago, and and then? She sat in this room for a few minutes, uh-huh. made a phone call, and went up to bed. She tried to phone you, Mr. Temper. I'll wake her up and get her down here. Uh, hold on, uh, Tinsley around? In the guest room, playing solitaire, I think. Get him down here, too. That I will, sir. And Walter's. You come back, too. Sure. Having fun, Temper? I don't care very much for this stage of any case, but I... What are you doing with that telephone? Hiding it under the couch here. Are you being subtle again? Again? Oh, you flatter me. Simon. Uh, hello, Dorothy. Sorry to have had you wake, Oh, but I... I wasn't asleep. I was trying to remember. Uh, you will if you get the chance. Tinsley's here in the house, isn't he? Yes, he is. For heaven's sake, is a man never to get any peace? Uh, you know Inspector Murray, Mr. Tinsley? Oh, yes, the policeman. Oh, look, now get off your polo pony and... Where's Walters? By now, on his way to Canada, I imagine. Dorothy, get on the phone right away. The phone? Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Oh, well, there doesn't seem to be one in here. Perhaps in the next room. Why do you want me to phone? I don't. But you just said... Dorothy, didn't there used to be a phone in this room? I don't know I don't remember. Oh, yes, yes, your amnesia. But you remember everything that happened since the blow on your head, don't you? Well, of course. But then equally, of course, since you were in this room a very little while ago, and since you you used a phone in here, you should have remembered that. Why didn't you? Well, I don't know. It's 
slipped my mind. No, Dorothy, you didn't slip your mind. You were merely being over-careful. What does that mean? It means that you are not now nor ever were suffering from amnesia. Why should I pretend to have amnesia? Because you killed your uncle. You knew you'd need something to help you out in court, so you wandered about until you found someone on whom you could try out your amnesia. That happened to be me. You're just saying those things without proof. Besides, there was a paraffin test. It indicates merely that you wore gloves when you shot your uncle. It indicates I might have worn them. If I'd shot him, you can't prove I did. I can prove your amnesia was phony, that along with some other things. How can you prove it? Very simple. Your hat. What? When you arrived at my apartment, you took your hat off, discovered a large bruise on the back of your head. That was to supply a plausible reason for your amnesia. But, Dorothy, as I remarked to the cab driver at the time, your hat was immaculate, untouched. You're asking us to believe that the killer knocked you out and then carefully put your hat back on your head again? I'm not asking you to believe anything. I'm going. What a charming revolver. The one you used on your uncle? It still has bullets in it, so don't try to stop me. Uh, Dorothy, you didn't ask me how I could be so sure the killer hadn't done that business with your hat. I don't care. I'm so sure because of Walter's statement. Remember, he saw you rush out immediately after the shot? All right, you're smart, but you'll never stop me. Perhaps not, but Walter, who's right behind you, will. Oh, no, you can't fool me. He wasn't trying to, Miss Dorothy. I'd better... You're no gentleman. You knocked Miss Moore out with a bottle. Yes, sir. But but you said you were going to Canada. You misunderstood me, sir. I merely said I was going to get some Canada drive. Now the bottle's ruined. That's too bad. Oh, never mind, Walt. There's no harm done. Inspector Murray, you'll take Miss Moore and I'll take an old-fashioned. been listening to another adventure of The Saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. And now here is our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, next week most of you will be enjoying a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner. And while you're eating your Thanksgiving turkey and counting your blessings of the past year, think. Think for a moment of the millions of people who don't get enough to eat. Think, and then send your subscription right away for a food package to be delivered to some needy family in Europe. Send your contribution to CARE, C-A-R-E, New York. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night. Our cast included Peggy Weber, Ted Von Elf, Jerry Hausner, Tom Brown, and Daniel Hurley. The music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Safier production and is directed by Thomas A. McEvity. Vincent Price is soon to be seen in Robert Lippert's production of The Baron of Arizona. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint's comic books are on sale at all newsstands. Your announcer, Merrill Ross. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.
The Adventures of the Saints, starring Vincent Price. based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as... The Saint. Well, hello. Who is... Oh. How is my favorite shipboard acquaintance this evening? Oh, Simon, you startled me. I can hardly see you through the fog here on deck. Oh, yes, it is getting thicker, isn't it? But I suppose it's to be expected. Last night, nature went on a binge of moonshine, and this is her foggy morning after. Oh, only it's evening. How can you tell through the fog? So you know you have a very pretty laugh, Barbara. I'll listen for it in all of your pictures from now on. Thank you, Simon. But I'm, I'm not going to make any more pictures. I'm retiring. Retiring? At the peak of your career? I'm just tired of pictures, that's all. Barbara, you'll never be able to run away from it. What do you mean? I'm referring to whatever it is that frightens you. Why don't you tell me about it, Barbara? There's nothing to tell. I'm, I'm tired. I, I need a rest. Please, Simon, don't make me talk about it. There's some things that... I mean, is that someone standing there? No. No, I don't see anyone. Oh, you are nervous. Oh, Simon, if only I could confide in someone, if I could tell you what I... Perhaps I already know more than you think I do. You're cold. Yes. Where's your wrap? Over there someplace in one of those dicks. <laughs> I'll find it. I don't see it here, Barbara. Are you sure you... Barbara! Behind you! Look out! Barbara! Barbara! Man overboard! Man overboard! Maybe you'd like a swim too, Saint. What? Tight with fury. Well, it is the 
psychiatrist, I would advise you to unwind it. Ah, here we are. I drink this. It will put you to sleep after a while. Thank you. You say you think you know who killed Barbara, sir? I was wrong. I do know. But I think you ought to talk to me. Unwind yourself. You think I need psychiatry, doctor? Well, I think you're too taut at the moment. That plus your concussion it might be dangerous. Very well, doctor. I'll unwind. I'll tell you the entire story. If you don't mind, Simon, here, this will help the rhythm. The metronome. Psychiatrists often use it. But, uh, No, no, I don't mind. I'd never met Barbara Brooke, although I doubt if there's a human being alive who hasn't heard of her or seen her in the movies. I first saw her the day we boarded ship. There was something in her expression, in the way she walked and talked and smiled... It immediately told me here was someone I should know. Her entire demeanor was an attitude of invitation. Aroma. Fear, Doctor. She was a frightened lady. She wanted someone near her. I walked over to her there on deck and immediately made myself useful. Her steward evidently had become busy elsewhere, so I tipped my hat and said somewhat idiotically... Um, get your program here, lady. You can't tell the staterooms without the numbers. I beg your pardon. Your steward seems to have deserted you. Oh. I failed this scowl before, so if it's the direction to your stateroom you're looking well, for... Well, I would like to know. I would, too. Uh, number, please. A36, main deck. Thank you very, very much. It's this way. My, uh, my name's Hemper. Simon, for short. And, of course, you're Barbara Brooks. You know, uh, we passed the bar en route to A36, main deck. Does an old-fashioned with a new acquaintance sound inviting? It will, a little later. If you're on the ship. Who does? Several I... Oh, that's You've gone now, Mr. Yeah, I think I saw the man you meant. A certain off-center gentleman named Raider. Raider? I, I don't know that name. No, surely you've heard of Phil Raider. He's just as big a star in his line of work as you are in yours. What? What is his line of work? Well, he's, uh... He's an exterminator of human beings. Mr. Timber, I'm afraid. That was obvious from the moment I first saw you. Why don't you tell me about it? No, I can't. No, I, I'd be killed. As good a reason as any for not telling me, but I must warn you, I have a peculiar talent for finding things out for myself. Oh, no, you mustn't do anything. Please, please. <laughs> Hello, Raider. Well, Miss Saint. Mm-hmm. World's getting smaller. Yes. Yes, but I understand you're doing your share to see that it doesn't get overcrowded. Uh, traveling for your health again, or just traveling? Just traveling. Raider, why does the mere glimpse of you rounding a corner start a lady's teeth to chattering? Lady? I don't know any ladies. Obviously. Maybe she thought I was someone else. Maybe. If you're of a mind to annoy her, you'll wish you were. Look, Saint. Just soak up sunshine on this cruise. Don't go poking in any dark places. Might be bad for you. Oh, what sort of bad, Raider? Look, big shot, just so there's no misunderstanding. You butt in where you ain't welcome on this cruise and... Yes? And I'll kill you. How is your head, Sam? Feels as if a regimental crap game was going on inside of it with jet-propelled sight. You haven't drunk your sedative yet, here. Oh, thank you. Uh, shall I go on taking the load off of my concussion? Yes, by all means. 
think I was present at the next week. Yes, sir. Doctor, you were. It was the night of that ridiculous costume ball ship's captains is so fond of arranging. Yes. I remember. We were at the bar together. You were a pirate, I recall. Yes, and you were a clown. The ball was loaded with clowns, some of them not even aware of their clownishness. But it was gay and sprightly, and the music was good. I remember our conversation, Doctor. You suddenly appeared at my elbow and said in the most shivery, sinister manner... You know, Templar, I have a confession to make to you. Well, I'm always interested in confessions, Doctor. I've had a schoolboy crush on the beautiful Barbara ever since I saw her in pictures first. <laughs> uh, tell me, what does one do about it? Well, I know exactly what I would do if I were you, Doctor. Yes. I'd consult the nearest psychiatrist. <laughs> At the prices we charge? No, thanks. <laughs> I was hoping you'd cut a fellow in on your acquaintanceship, Templar. But uh, if you won't introduce me... Uh, won't you at least show me which mask she's hiding under? I think I might be able to make my own introduction. Oh, very well, Doctor. Look for a sylph-like figure in a blue and yellow harlequin costume. Ah, thank you, Templar, thank you. And if you should ever need a good psychiatrist... At the you... prices you charge? <laughs> I will be seeing Don't turn around, huh? Mr. Templar. I have a pistol in the small of your back. Now, really, is that any way to enjoy a war? Listen, Saint... And listen hard. Oh, I'm all ears, except for the small of my back, which feels abnormally large at the moment. Certain arrangements have been made, Saint. It means a big head of lettuce if they go through. So? All the signs say keep out. See that you do. Now, don't turn around. <laughs> this costume's so pretty, I'd hate to have to put a hole through my pocket. Well, it's probably just a coincidence, but I've acquired the same regard for the small of my back. Keep regarding it that way, Saint. Don't let your nose wander where it doesn't belong. And you might begin by forgetting you saw certain people aboard this boat. See, uh, just tell me how you're going to swing it, Mrs. Miller. Oh, don't be surprised. I'd recognize the notorious Lil Miller's voice on a party line. How are you going to take him, Lil? A palm date or, or perhaps a marked deck? This rod has a hair trigger thing. Just a touch and you're... <laughs> Lil, Lil, what's the matter? That girl there, one of the hard Lil, Lil. You're lucky thing. I, I'd have shot. Give her air. Give her air. Don't crowd. Crowd her all you want to. She won't mind now. Is she? Yes. A stiletto in the back leaves very little doubt. She's dead. You know, Simon, I would never have pegged the late Mrs. Miller for a professional card shop. She was anything but the type. Professional card shops are always anything but the type, Doctor. Yeah. To think I actually played bridge with her myself, with a crook and a hot-headed one at that. Well, as my old grandmother used to say, Doctor, beware of lady thieves with red hair. <laughs> I guess the lady's red hair accounted for the lack of insulation in her temperament. Oh, how does your head feel, son? Better, Doctor. Much better. You still haven't touched your sanitary, you know. Haven't I? I think you'll find that it helps, Simon. Here. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, shortly after the murder of Mrs. Miller, Doctor, I called on her bereaved husband and uh, partner in crime. A very interesting visit it was, too. You have the knack for making all of your visits interesting, Simon. Tell me about it. Well, I found Miller in the bar, quenching his sorrow with the merry waters of the River of Forgetfulness. Fifty grand in the palm of our hands and beep. No more Lil. No more Lil, no more sucker. No more sucker, beep. No more 50 grand. Uh, I see you valued your wife highly. 
who was the sucker, Miller? Ha <laughs> ha. You're funny. Uh, tell me, what's Phil Raider cruising for, Miller? And uh, don't tell me it's a coincidence he's on board the same ship. You get funnier and funnier. Why is Barbara Brooks so afraid of Raider? You ain't even warm, Think You're a mile wide of the target. Uh, and I'd better use a different kind of ammunition then, Miller. Yeah? Like what? Like a little murder performed on an unwilling sucker in Reno. Huh? What do you know about that? You won't like going back to Reno, Miller. Get Hot in the summertime, especially in the penitentiary. Uh, Raider was with Lillo and me on this deal. He All right, did... Miller, put the zipper on. Uh, Raider, I, I wasn't going to say anything. Phil, honest, I was just... Skip ta- it, Miller. I always knew someday you'd show canary yellow. I thought you and I had a little understanding, Saint. Uh, you've got a reputation for wrong thoughts, Raider. Yeah, but right or wrong, I've backed my ideas up to the hilt, Saint. Keep that frog sticker undercover, Raider, or I might take it away from you. And the Dutch courage that rides with it, too. I'll keep it hidden for now. You just be careful of the places where the lights don't shine, Saint. Come on, Miller. I want to talk with you. Well, I'll be out in a little while, Phil. I, I want a drink. You've I'll... drunk enough, Canary. Come on. You'd better go, Miller. And if you can't talk your way out of it, my regards to the fishes. <laughs> And I recall it was shortly after Mr. Raider passed on his second warning that you and I met for the first time professionally. Yes, Doctor, the very next night. <laughs> well, I am very surprised at you. He'd warned you to stay away from dark places. <laughs> yes, Doctor, so he had. But I'm perverse by nature, and I like to poke around. I was strolling around the deck with Barbara, getting moonburned and trying desperately to get some more information. So wonderful having you near, Simon. I feel safe. Safe? I refuse to accept the compliment, particularly on a moonlit night at sea. I'm referring to danger, Simon, not romance. They're often the very same thing. I'd like to join the team, Barbara. Why don't you confide in me? Because if I did, we'd both be dead by morning. I must go now. Good night, Simon. Good night. Don't turn around, Templer. I've got a... I know... Gun pointed at the small of my back. That's it. Now keep away from Barbara Brooks. Am I clear? Clear enough. Anything else? Yeah. Just so it sinks in, Saint. Take this along to remember me by. Once again, you enter the picture, Dr. Norman. You found me there, lying on the deck basking in moonlight. And blood. Uh, Go on, Simon. Tell me the rest of it. Well, after your neat job of vulcanizing me, thus saving me a trip to the ship's doctor and innumerable words of explanation, I hit upon a strategy, and my next visit found me calling in the lion's den. I tell you, you're being made a patsy raider. You're on the verge of being demoted back to second-class hoodlum. I can take care of myself. Well, I admit a minor sandbagging committed in your good name doesn't amount to much, Raider. But what if the same someone likes your name and decides to use it in uh, other ways? What do you mean? I mean murder. You're a lead pipe cinch to pay for one of your own someday, Raider. But meanwhile, how would you feel getting hung for somebody else's shenanigans? I'd be annoyed. You sure would. Look, I'm not rigged up with no murder. St. Lil meant 50 grand to us alive. That's what we figured the sucker was good for. Right. 
a good enough reason for wanting Lil among the present instead of the late raider. Uh, tell me, what was the angle? Blackmail? Nah, nah, nothing so crude, Saint. I sponsor the party, spot him, finger him, and oil him, and the millers squeeze him through a deck of cards. Huh? The guy's a sucker for good-looking dames and card games, that's all. That sounds very uncomplicated, easy picking. The guy ain't had the coin long enough to be smart about it. Who's the guy? Nah, he makes water heaters. <laughs> The fat man with the diamonds from Passage. Yeah, that's the sucker. <laughs> I should have tumbled. Looks like you did. I thought you were out for a bust-up. Fifty G's a lot of money, Saint. I figured if I could scare you, it'd be insurance. How about, uh, Barbara Brooks? Ah, deal me out. I'm not in on whatever the caper is there. She saw you the day we sailed and she got scared. Well, maybe it's because I ain't exactly pretty. Yeah. But if you really want to know something, Saint, I'll tell you. I was propositioned on a stunt against that dame a few weeks before we sailed. I turned it down. A big dough, too. A murder deal? Yeah, a big dough to bump her off. Not for me, though. Nah, she's too prominent. Too much heat on those jobs. Who made the offer, Raider? He wasn't exactly interested in leaving his calling card, Saint. Just a John Smith, as far as I'm concerned. But he had a description, didn't he? Everybody has a description. Well, sure, sure. He was a medium-sized guy with... Hey, the lights. Who turned him off? Get down! Ah! Raider! Raider! Raider, are you... Hey, brown. Brown guy. Blue shirt. Brown tie, blue shirt. Brown tie, blue shirt. <clears throat> Not a very harmonious color scheme, is it? He... Really? Yeah. Oh. Thank you, Raider. At least your last earthly utterance was in the direction of good. Thank you. blue shirts. What did he mean, Simon? Well, it means that either the man for whom I search isn't a very fastidious dresser, doctor, or else... Or else? Or else he's colorblind. Blue and brown just aren't worn together. Well, no, uh, I'll take that drink now, doctor. Oh, and the sedative I mixed for you. Your concussion. Later, doctor, later. Very well. I can see that you're going to be a very difficult patient. I hope you don't mind drinking out of another medicine glass, huh? No, right now I prefer it. Say when? A little more, Doctor. That's fine. Has such a beautiful color, hasn't it, Doctor? Yeah, hasn't it, sir? Aren't you going to drink it, Simon? In a moment, Doctor, when I finish my story. Oh, yes, of course, this story. Uh, Barbara's murder was next. Yes, huh? Barbara was next. But immediately before our last meeting on deck in the fog, Doctor... I found out what she was afraid of. You did? But how? It was easy. The steward had some keys. I had some money. The steward has enough now for that chicken ranch he's always dreamed of. You broke into Barbara's stateroom. <laughs> yes. Well, what did you find, Simon? Oh, lingerie, perfume, stockings, and some letters, Doctor. Peculiar letters. Huh? Fan me? Yes. Yes, and all from the same fan. A fan she was once engaged to marry, Doctor. A fan who loved her very much and hated her in equal proportions. Who was so torn between love and hate, he had to kill her. Ah, schizophrenic. You should know. What do you mean? Well, you know the classifications. You're the doctor. Oh. <laughs> Drink your sedative, Simon. A colorblind schizophrenic. I don't believe I've ever met one before, Dr. Norman. So colorblind, he mistook the green and orange harlequin costume worn by Lil Miller 
for the blue and yellow one worn by Barbara. That is very interesting, Simon. Poor Lil. If she'd come to the ball as anything but a harlequin, she'd have lived to take in $50,000. You're sedative, Simon. You know, you were wrong about Lil's hair, Doctor. It wasn't red. It was brown. <laughs> you said it was red. I wanted to see if you'd agree. Uh, you're sedative. Yes, of course. Hand it to me, would you, Doctor? They're alongside the drink. Yeah. No. No, don't try to tell them apart by their aromas, Doctor. It's obvious that they're different colors. Or can't you tell? you find it, Saint. I'd like very much for you to drink it. My doctor, what a pretty purple gun you're wearing. Or is it pink? Drink up, Templar. You hardly feel it. Just a dash of prussic acid. Uh, doctor Norman, when you give a sedative, you go overboard. Drink it, Templar. Well, you're the doctor. A toast to you, Dr. Norman. To your green shirt, blue tie, and gray handkerchief. None of which match. Here's how... It was a question of your eyes or my stomach, Doctor. My eyes, I'm blind. You'll get over it, Doctor, which is more than can be said of me if one of those wild shots of yours should hit me. I know I shouldn't practice medicine without a license, Doctor, any more than you should. But um, here's a sedative from me to you. Pleasant nightmares, Doctor Norman. been listening to another adventure of the saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. And now here is our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, in a prejudice-filled America, no one would be secure in his job, his business, his church, or his home. Yet racial and religious antagonisms are exploited daily by quacks and adventurers whose followers make up the irresponsible lunatic fringe of American life refuse to listen to or spread rumors against any race or religion, help to stamp out prejudice in our country. Let's judge our neighbors by the character of their lives alone and not on the basis of their religion or origin. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at the same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night. Michael Cramoy. Our cast included Betty Lou Gerson, Gene Bates, Frank Gerstel, Bill Conrad, and Barney Phillips. The music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Safier production and is directed by Thomas A. McAvity. Vincent Price is soon to be seen in Harry M. Popkins' production of Champagne for Caesar, co-starring Ronald Coleman. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are on sale at all newsstands. Your announcer, Merrill Rudd. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.
Adventures of the Saint, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor, Vincent Price, as The Saint. Going to the ball game, huh, Mr. Templer? It's a great day for it. Didn't know you was fond of baseball. You fond of baseball, Mr. Templer? Yes, indeed, Louis. You know, I should have gone in for baseball instead of becoming a cab jockey. Grown men getting paid thousands of dollars for tossing a little ball around two hours a day. Can you beat it, can you, Mr. Templer? I'm asking you, can you beat it? Louis, I... Baseball, you can't beat it. No, I'd like to live in a town where they got major league ball. The Blue Sox here is all right, but it's minor league. You think we'll ever get a big league ball in this town, Mr. Templer? I see you think we'll ever get big league ball, Mr. Templer. You got quiet today, Mr. Templer. My silence, friend Louis, is purely comparative. Oh, well, since you're not feeling well, it's good you're taking the afternoon off. Been reading about that father and son of the Blue Sox, lefty and Phil Miller? They're rather interesting. Supposedly the first time in baseball, father and son have played on the same team. Yeah, yeah. The old man just down from the majors and the kid on his way up. Old lefty was great in his day, though, and the kid will be great, too. They both playing today, Louie? Neither one. Phil ain't doing a pitch till tomorrow, and the old man's got a game leg. Won't even be in uniform. That's what goes first in baseball, Mr. Templer, the legs. In my line of work... I know, I know. Mr. Templer, you know something funny? There's rumors out about the Blue Sox. What kind of rumors, Louie? The rumors say the Sox are going to do business. Lose a ball game that maybe they should win. Oh, nonsense, Louie. Baseball is honest, you know that. Maybe so, but it's still got to be played by humans. Eh, You'd better step on it, my cynical friend. We're late. Sure, Mr. Templer. Most likely nothing to the rumors anyway. You know how it is driving a cab. You pick up all sorts of things. Me, it don't do no good to pick nothing up. I'm married. Hey. <laughs> Did you hear that, Mr. Templer? I said, me, it don't do no good to pick nothing up. I'm... I heard, Louie. I heard. Pretty funny, huh? Louie, take me out to the ball game. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Saint. Sit down, sit down. Thanks. I hope I'm not late. No, the game won't start for another ten minutes. Oh. How's the leg, Lefty? That's improving, Saint. How's crime? It stays about the same, always with us. <laughs> yeah, that it is, that it is. Blue Sox gonna win today? You know something, Saint? I don't much care. Oh, don't get me wrong. When I'm in there myself, I play to win. Because that's the only way I know. And after the majors, you don't get very excited over the Blue Sox. I guess not. I'm just playing out the string. What comes after that, I don't know. A manager's job? Uh, no chance. I was too busy spending my money while the smart boys were learning the inside of the game. But I had fun, I guess. Did you? Nah. Saint, there's only one thing in baseball I care about. There's only one thing in the world I care about. He's sitting across the field in the dugout wearing number 33. My son. Mm, I hear Phil's a great pitcher, Lefty. Uh, he's good. He'll be great. He's going up next year. Maybe this... Here, take a look at him through the binoculars. Hmm. Yes. He looks like you, Lefty. You really think so? Yeah. Saint, I'm worried sick about him. That's why I asked you. I know, that's why I'm here. What are you worried about? Well, I think they're after him, Saint. The crowd with the dirty money's after him. 
I never handle any dirty money, but I've been around it and I can smell it. I can smell it now. What does Phil say? Have you talked to him? I can't talk to him. Maybe you read in the papers about a wonderful father and son relationship, huh? <laughs> the kid hates me. How come, Lefty? He was brought up by his mother, and he was brought up to hate me. I got a divorce from her when the kid was two years old. I gave her a raw deal. He should hate me. You say you smell dirty money. Do you have anything else to go on, Lefty? Rumors and a girl. No, I, I take that back. A woman. Hey, take another look through the glasses, Saint. She's sitting in the box behind Phil, bending over to talk to him. She's there every day. Yes. Yes, indeed. Perhaps I should have taken up baseball. Well, that's just it. Does a, does a woman who's got what she has go for a 21-year-old kid just because he plays baseball good? Ordinarily, no. But she's got Phil hooked so hard and so deep I hurt all over for him. He thinks it's romance. What do you think it is? I don't know. Not exactly. Saint, could you... Could you see if you could find out? I can try. What's her name, Lefty? Diane Courtney. She's staying at the Regent, same hotel the ball club puts up at. I happened to hear the kid making a cocktail date with her there for six this evening. Good. You see if you can get him delayed a few minutes. I will. Find out what she's trying to do, Saint. Find out who's in back of her. And if they spoil that kid, I'll... They won't. They won't, Lefty. Thanks, Saint. And if there's anything I can ever do... Don't to... worry about it. In fact, I'm looking forward to meeting Miss Courtney. I'm sure we'll have a lot in common. Baseball and... <laughs> well, we'll find something. Do you mind if I sit down here? The bar seems to be rather crowded. Is it that crowded? As a matter of fact, it was crowded the minute you walked in. Mm, sit down. But I am waiting for someone. He might be late. That's very true, but... He won't be. So what are we drinking, martinis? You say so. Waiter, two martinis, extra dry. Yes. I see that you're a devotee of the national pastime. That could very well be. Which national pastime? Hmm. I saw you at the ball game today. Yes, I go every day. Business or pleasure? What's that supposed to mean? Baseball is a business for some. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you, waiter. Uh, let's drink to uh, pleasure. Let's just drink. I found that you run out of toasts long before you run out of drinks. A comment on human frailty. Well, what is it you want, friend? I appreciate your frankness. It's one of your concealed assets. I'd like some answers about Phil Miller. Who are you? Don't you know? No. I'm the man who wants the answers about Phil Miller. Shall I start asking questions? Phil just came in. We can't talk now. Come up to my room in 15 minutes, 808. Will you? I need help. Believe me, I need help. Say, I thought we had a date, Diane, or was I wrong? Uh, my friend's just leaving, Phil, and I don't care for your tone. Oh, I... Well, I, I'm sorry, Diane. I just thought that... Well, was... don't. Remember, I don't care for the jealousy routine. You're too young for it. Yeah. Okay, oh, Diane. Well, it's been charming, but I have a cab waiting for us. I'll see you again. Definitely. Yes, definitely, Diane. <laughs> Are you a cab, sir? Oh, thank you. I have one waiting. Hey, here he is. Wait till, Mr. Templer. Nowhere, Louie. I have a date in the hotel here in 15 minutes. You got a friend? I'm afraid not. Uh, just dreaming. Louie, I'm not absolutely convinced about the purity of the lady's intentions. This is a cause for complaint? You misinterpret. 
Come up to room 808, ten minutes or so after I go up and uh, knock on the door. I get you. But if I shouldn't happen to need a cab at that particular time... I'm ahead of you. There's times in everybody's life when the least thing he needs is a taxi. Louis, that's spoken like a philosopher. Quickly, someone may see Someone's you. already seen him. Frank. Go ahead in, Jack. And I'm right behind you with something that resents any quick moves. You sneak up behind people pretty quietly, Frank. Used to be in a girl guides. Shut the door, Diane. But... Shut it. Now, my nosy friend here and me has business. I didn't tell the saint anything, Frank. I just... The boss don't like nosy guys like the saint. I don't like nosy guys like the saint. Let him alone, Frankie. What good will beating him up to? The boss's orders. Besides, my analyst tells me beating up nosy guys I don't like is a good way of waking up my aggressions. Your analyst? What's the matter? I can't get analyzed. What does your analyst say about you carrying a gun? Didn't he point out this is an artificial prop to your otherwise charming personality? Oh, you could. My analyst says I shouldn't get insulted at remarks by neurotics. You think I'm a neurotic? If you ain't now, Jack, you will be when I finish. <laughs> Oh, don't fall down yet, Saint. I got more for you before I let go. How do you want that? No, no, stop it, Frank. Stop it. Okay. Uh, darn it, I shouldn't have got mad. My analyst says I shouldn't let my emotions color my business life. Templar. Oh, oh, Louis. Mr. Templar, you all right? Should I call a doctor? Oh, no, no. I'm all right, I, I guess. Ooh. What happened, Mr. Templar? I knocked on the door just like you said. When nobody answered, I come in. You was on the floor. You're still on the floor. Yeah, and I think I'll stay here. Ooh, ooh. Got myself worked over, Louis, by a psychoanalytical muscle boy. Oh, he sure gave you some beautiful lumps. Yeah. Real neat professional job. Hmm. What's this business card in your chest, yours? No. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Huh. Frankie must have put it there. This is part of the warning, I guess. What's it say? It says, the uh, the fixer, I fix anything. Hmm. Yeah, what you'd call modest, is he? No, but fixers rarely are. Look, I, I think we better have a doctor spray you with some mercure chrome. No, Louie, I'm going to be too busy. Doing what? Sleeping. What time is it? Midnight. Are you asleep? Uh, I went to bed early tonight. Had a rather trying evening. Look, I've been finding out things. Things about the crowd with the dirty money. And who the head of it is. You mean who the fixer is? Yeah. I found out what they're trying to get from the kid. From Phil. Can you meet me here at the hotel? Half an hour. Good. In the bar. I'm going after some more dope now. You better wait until I get there, Lefty. They're rough boys. Uh, I know. But don't worry about me. See you in half an hour.
The waiter, another Johnny Walker over ice, please. Yes. Thanks. Look, you're Simon Temple, aren't you? The one they call the saint? Sit down, Phil. I'm not sitting down. Got some things to tell you. I've heard that you've been asking questions about me, and I can guess who sent you. It was my father. Look, isn't it kind of late for you, Phil? You're supposed to pitch tomorrow. I don't need anybody to run my life for me. You or my father either. Where is he? Well, I was to meet him here, but he hasn't shown up yet. Most likely up in his room. All right, come on. Let's go up and see him. I want to straighten you both out together. Do you know what room he's in? Sure. 908. Right come with on. you, Phil. All right. Oh, waiter. Yes? Uh, hold that drink for me. I'll be back for it sooner or later. Hey, Dad, open up. I want to talk to you. Doesn't look like your father is in. Try the door. Oh, it's open. Yeah. The lights on. But there's no. Dad. Better Dad. Not <laughs> look, I told you not to look. He shot himself. Why? Why? He's dead, Phil, and there's a gun in his hand, but he didn't pull the trigger. What are you trying to prove? Who did? Mr. Templer. Uh, Regent Hotel, Louis. And good morning. Good morning. Say, I read in the papers this morning about Lefty Miller. Oh, tough. Why do you think he did it, Mr. Templer? He didn't. The police can buy the suicide theory for the time being, but it was murder, Louis. A friend of mine was murdered last night, and today things are going to be done about it. What are you going to do with the Regent? I'm going back to the young lady's room where I had such an interesting time last evening. This time I'd better go with you. Yeah, perhaps you'd better, Louis. And I'm hiring you for the whole afternoon. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Lefty was a great ball player, Mr. Templer. Seen him in the World Series once at Yankee Stadium. Hard to believe he's dead. A man can be killed in a lot of ways, Louie. He can be killed fast or he can be killed through what happens to his son. I'm glad at least that didn't happen to Lefty. sure nobody is in? I called on the house phone before we came up. I think this key will fit. Hey, how did you get a key? I remember to make an impression of the lock after that beating last evening. There. There, we're in. <laughs> nobody here, all right? Shut the door, Louie, and lock it. Okay. What are you looking for, Mr. Templer? The truth, Louie. As my friend Philip Marlowe would say, crime detection is an adventure in search of the hidden truth. Going to find the hidden truth looking out that window on the fire escape? Perhaps, Louis, perhaps. Mr. Templer, somebody's at the door. Thanks, Louis. I'll handle this. If I need help, i If you I'll... need help, we're in trouble. Good morning, Miss Courtney. Hey, what are you doing Come here? Come in, Diane. Miss Courtney, my good friend Louis. Oh, charmed. Uh, you want I should leave, Mr. Templer? No, we'll both be leaving in a minute, Louie. Just as soon as we ask Miss Courtney some questions, she probably won't answer. What questions? Like who killed Lefty Miller? I don't know. I, I thought it was suicide. You see, Louie? Who's the fixer, Diane? I, I can't tell you. I, I'm afraid. Saint, if you believe me, if you'd help me. Why are you working on Phil Miller to throw a ball game? Why? I can't tell you. They... they... I'm frightened. Look, I don't care how frightened you are. A man's been killed. Why? I can't. I, I'm afraid. The lady's afraid. Come on, Louie. Let's go back to the ballpark and see if we can throw a few curves.
Mr. Bush, as manager of the Blue Sox, you must have known Lefty Miller fairly well. Uh, not well, no. I manage the team, but you don't manage an old pro like Lefty. You just tell him what time the game is, and uh, he does the rest. Yes. From what I saw of him, though, he, he was a good guy. I'm sorry. How's Phil taking it? Well, it's hard to tell about kids. He and Lefty weren't close. Well, maybe you knew that. Yes, I knew that. But it's hard to tell just how he was taking it. Tonight's his turn to pitch, and I told him, of course, I'd start somebody else, but no. He's going to pitch tonight? Insisted on it. Said he had it. He'll pitch. Do you think he should? Well, he's the best we got. And I might get a phone call tomorrow telling me he's sold to the major leagues. Anytime he wants to pitch, he'll pitch. Mr. Bush, have you heard any rumors about a fix on your ball club? Oh, Mr. Templer, there's always rumors around any kind of sport. I've never been in a phony ball game, and as far as I know, I've never seen one. So I don't listen to rumors. Thanks, Mr. Bush, and uh, good luck tonight. To you and Phil both. Where to now, Mr. Templer? I want to go see a bookmaker, Louis. Sam the Spender. Do you know him? Sure, I know him. Biggest bookie in town. Place down on State Street, only a block or two down the street. Got something good in Hollywood Park? No, Louis. You want something good? Thanks, but no, this is different. I did a favor for Sam once. He might be able to return it. Sam returns anything but money. One time I had a three-horse parley going against him. Place two come in, the third is leading into the street. Hey, Louie, isn't this the place? What? Oh, yeah, you're sure. Wait for me here, Louie. It won't be long. Sure, Mr. Temple. Hello, Sam. How's business? Simon Templer, glad to see you. What can I do for you? Information, Sam. Which will go no further than... And Simon Templer. We in business. But say, do you handle any baseball money, Sam? Nah, nah. In the East, it's big business. All bet on the major leagues. Out here, peanuts. Have you handled or heard of any bets lately on the Blue Sox or against them? Against them, yeah. Only yesterday. Funny deal, too. Care to tell me about it? Yeah, sure. A big creep comes in with $200 to bet against the Sox in the game tonight. I don't like the smell of it. Nah. I tell him, nah. Then the creep tells me what's wrong with me is that I had an emotionally insecure childhood. <laughs> Honestly. Go on, Sam. Then he does a funny thing. He'd give me an extra 200 to pay you off if he win the bet. <laughs> Imagine that. And if the Sox win, I get to keep the home 400. <laughs> the guy's nuts. I can't lose. The best he can do is break even. Where's the payoff, Sam, if the Sox lose? In room 808, the region, tonight after the game. Do you get it, Sam? I'm beginning to. Mm-hmm. Lefty Miller was right. Dirty money has a smell to it, and I'm beginning to smell it. Thanks, Sam. Anytime, Sam. See you soon? Maybe tonight. Tonight? I hope so, Sam. Nothing personal, Sam, but uh, I hope not. Good evening, Diane. Well, it's our old friend Jack. Oh, how are you, Frankie? What is this room, Mr. Templer? Your home, away from home? Diane, let me throw the bum out. Easy, Frankie. Your aggressions are showing. Anything in particular you wanted, Saint? Frankie and I are busy. Yeah, I can see that. Busy packing. Too busy to go to the ball game tonight. Or did you know beforehand how it would come out? Let me throw the bum out. I hate schizophrenics. But he looks like such an interesting one, Frankie. 
Ain't handsome, too. Well, Diane, you're not so frightened as you were. Well, I... It's all right. I won't tell the boss. Jack, you better get out of here. It ain't healthy. What's your trouble? You got a compulsion or something? No, it's just that when I start out on something, I like to be in on the payoff, and tonight's the payoff. The game should be over by now, and the people will be arriving. I'll be the host of our little party. You'll be host for a party of one in a wood box, Jack. Diane, shall I... Diane! It's a kid. Don't let him in, Frankie. Come in, Phil. Hello, sweetie. Hello, Diane. Frankie? Yeah. Hello, Miss Templer. Hello, Phil. Ball game over, honey? Yeah, it's over. How do you feel? Dirty. Oh, don't feel bad about it, sweetie. In a week or two, you'll forget all about it. Sit down, Phil. I've taken over the party. Let's all find out what games we've been playing. Diane, I'm getting an awful frustration listening to him. Let him talk. Thank you. Phil. Yes, Mr. Templer? What line did Diane use to get you to throw the game tonight? The fixer had something on her she was afraid of him, something would happen to her if you didn't do as he wanted? <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. You know the real reason? Go on. Tell him, Jack. I will, Frankie. It was a trap for you, Phil. This outfit is big and smart. They're willing to make an investment and wait a while to cash in. It's too tough to get next to a major league player. You'll be up there this year or next. And when you get there, you'll do what the fixer tells you because there's a club over your head. Yeah? Yeah. A certain payoff you took in a hotel room at the region for throwing a game with the Blue Sox. You understand that? I understand. Your father found out about it. He had the room right over this one, 908, and he listened on the fire escape. He was seen from in here and he was killed. Then they took him back up the fire escape to his room and rigged the suicide. But they forgot to wash all the blood off the iron outside this window. You're going to listen to him, kid? He's an erotic. Diane, aren't you going to say something? I didn't have anything to do with it, honey. It, it was the fixer who did it. Yeah, I believed in the fixer, too, at first, Diane, until I came to your room the first time. Down the bar, you said you didn't know me. Up here, you told Frankie I was the saint. You made other slips tonight. So? So I know who the fixer is. Who is he? You mean, who is she? Fixer is a very beautiful woman, Diane. The fixer is you. What is this, a filibuster or something? Let's assume you're right, Mr. Templer. Where does it get you? Where does it change things? I'm turning you over to the police, and Frankie can hardly shoot both Phil and myself. You won't have to, just you. Uh, you underestimate me, Saint. We should have had more time alone together. Phil will do whatever I tell him in spite of what's happened. Won't you, sweetie? Will you, Phil? Diane, I... See? I made sure of Phil, Saint. I made sure of him first. And he'll crawl on his hands and knees if I tell him to. Because if he doesn't, I might stop being nice to him. And he couldn't stand that. Uh, you should have thought of that, Saint. They got a mental block or something. Finish with Mr. Templer, Frank. We've got to finish packing. This gun says get over to the window, Saint. This time there won't be no blood in the fire escape. Just a lot on the sidewalk. Pretty messy that way, Frankie. Your subconscious will hate you. I won't look down. Now, you're going over to the window quiet. Phil, sit down. Stand back, kid. I ain't playing with this thing. Phil, I told Keep you to sit back. down. Watch out, Phil. He's going to... You kill, kill my father. father. You... Give me that gun, Frankie, or I'll break your wrist. I'll kill you. No, you won't, Frankie. Think what your analyst would say. And this makes us even. Oh, Frankie, Frankie. Phil, how, how bad is it? No, not bad. Just my arm. But not my pitching arm. Oh, God. Why, you... Diane, stand still. Better go for the police, Phil. Can you make it? Yeah, yeah, I can make it. And Phil, thanks. What you did makes up for the game. We'll figure out that later. Uh, about Dad, Saint. He did all he could to protect you, Phil. Yeah, he, he did like me then. More than anything else, he told me. You better leave. 
I want you out of here before that bookie shows up to pay off. Uh, Mr. Templer, he won't be showing up. I didn't lose the game tonight. Tell me more, Phil. I pitched a three-hit shutout. I figured it was the least I could do for Lefty. kid's going to be all right, Mr. Temple? Bill will be all right, definitely. You know, I can't blame him for getting tangled up with that Diane. Now, there is real aged in the wood stump. She won't be quite as attractive when she gets out, Louie. Twenty years does something to a woman. Should have seen what it done to my wife if she was no prize to begin with. What do you think was wrong with Diane, Mr. Temple? An emotionally insecure childhood? <laughs> You've been talking to Frankie. I think Diane felt an urge to corrupt, Louie, to feel power. Revenge, perhaps, for something hidden in her past. It might have been her childhood. Might have been society. So, now society exacts further toll. Twenty years. Uh, I feel like a drink, Louie. Where to, Mr. Templer? Back to the Regent. I've got a scotch waiting for me at the bar. You have been listening to another transcribed adventure of The Saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. And now here is our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, the most priceless gift which a community can give its children is a fine education. Here in America, your parents have been able to take that education pretty well for granted. But that won't be true of the future unless we plan now to cope with the educational problems of the future. There are going to be lots of them, we know that for sure. Because of the increased birth rate during and since the war, an extra 7 million children are going to be enrolling in our public schools. And the way things stand, our schools just aren't ready to handle them. The problem varies from district to district, but it's always a problem of shortages. In some localities, there aren't enough classrooms, and in others, not enough books and equipment. And overall, we're suffering from a shortage of teachers. In order to meet the challenge and make sure that our youngsters will get the education they deserve, we'll have to lay down an educational blueprint for the years ahead. Our local school boards are doing that right now, but they can't do it alone. They need everyone's efforts to build a stronger educational system. If you wish to help, simply contact your local school board. And for further information, write to the National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools, New York, New York. That's the National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools, New York, New York. Good citizens everywhere are helping, for they know that better schools make better communities. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night. included Gloria Blondell, Jack Moyles, Hal March, Ed Max, Bob Clark, and Larry Dodger. The music was composed and conducted by Von Dexter. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Sapir production and is directed by Helen Mack. Vincent Price is soon to be seen co-starring in RKO's production of His Kind of Woman. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are on sale at all newsstands. Your announcer, Val Brown. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. There's fine entertainment on Theater Guild on the Air returning next Sunday on NBC. This weekend, 400 Americans have a holiday date with death. 
Stay off the list. Be careful. Next, Sam Spade. Then hear Catherine Grayson on NBC. Adventures of the Saint, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charter, known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as the Saint. Oh, open up, please! Hurry! To what do I owe this? Don't close the door. I've been followed. Naturally, you're a blonde. I assure you, the men who followed me weren't interested in the color of my hair. Don't tell me they were chasing you for your money. No, dear, not my money, my life. Well, it's good to be here, finally. I've come a long way to see you, Simon. Oh, hell, if I'd known you were coming. You didn't expect me? You're as unexpected as Yankee bean soup on a menu in Moscow, but infinitely more welcome. You, You weren't contacted? You didn't speak to Maxime? The only Maxime I know happens to be a restaurant in Paris. Oh, they intercepted him. And we were so sure he wasn't even known to them. That he's covered with... We'll have to proceed on our own, Simon. We can do it. Of course we can do it. But what? What particular type of melodrama are we playing? I... I'd better tell you the whole story, everything. Uh, you have the Sultan's ear, Scheherazade. Or what is your name? Claire. Claire. Oh, sit down, Claire. Thank you. I've just come back from Mexico City. He was there. He's changed in the last five years, Simon. You'd never recognize him. It must have been plastic surgery. He doesn't look... I see. And uh, now I know everything? Did you hear something? What sort of something? Outside the door. I thought I heard a footstep. Simon, the blinds. Pull down the blinds. How stupid of me not to have done it immediately. Yeah. Why are you staring out the window? Someone... Is one of them a little man in a badly fitting suit? At least two sizes too large for him and a large floppy hat? He's there? Yeah, he's there. And the other one, the large one? And he's there, all of him. Oh, come, come away from the window, Simon. You needn't bother pulling the other blind down now. Who are they, Claire? Which wild Halloween are those two types left over from? How many more of them are there? How many more? Hundreds, Simon, perhaps thousands. We'll never know exactly. We must go, Simon, at once. Shouldn't we have a little explaining before we do any going? There isn't time. Those two down there will be coming up soon, and when they do... You must trust me, Simon, you must. Come on, Claire. Do you think we were followed, Simon? Is there anyone behind us? Look, in Grand Central Station, there are always people behind you. <laughs> Tell me, are we needing a train or taking one? Train? What makes you think we're taking a train, Simon? Well, I should have warned you. Every now and then I get a little irrational. <laughs> like thinking the reason we're here in the railroad terminal has something to do with a train. <gasps> Did I say something to frighten me? Huh? Quick, hold me tight and kiss me as if you meant it. As if I meant it? You mean there's another way? Hmm. So that's why we came here. We must do this more often. No, don't talk. I'm your sweetheart. I'm going away. Kiss me again. Coach me. Please, this is no time to joke. He, he's watching you. Kiss me. Well, I'll force myself. Mm. Whew. 
fine and temper, you dog, you. He's gone. Now, Mr. Miver to do something very nice for him sometime. And now, sweetheart, what the... And now, sweetheart, we really do say goodbye. We what? We say goodbye. Well, come now. Don't look so bewildered. Oh, but, sweetheart... Goodbye, Simon. And thanks for the use of the hall. <laughs> To close the door, Mr. Templer. What? Oh. oh, yes, so I did. But since it's my door, I think I'll leave it open this time. Especially since you're just about ready to leave. You are wrong, Saint. I am not ready to leave. I have a few things I must do before I go. What sort of thing? Perhaps I shall kill you first. In fact, I'm quite sure that I shall. But that is the least of what I must do here in your apartment. Look here, if you insist on killing me, I'm afraid that I'll have to insist that you regard it as important. Oh, it is important only to you. And to the policeman who will have the tiresome task of finding out who did it. You will shut the door, please, Saint. I will shut the door. As for your new friend, Saint, the matter of your death will be to them merely a temporary inconvenience. And for me, the matter of my death will be, I'm afraid, a rather permanent inconvenience. Well, so I'm to be killed by a Luger, I see. So glad it isn't one of the cheaper guns. Huh? How splendidly you whistle as you pass the graveyard. Hmm? It's too bad, too bad. You could have been so useful to us. Ah, you mean there are more at home like you? There are more. Perhaps there are not as many as there should be, but we make up for our numerical deficiency by knowing that right is on our side. Uh, it should be a great comfort to me as I lie in my coffin to know that I wasn't murdered by bad men, but by good men. Now, it is a great pity you did not think along those lines before, Templar. Before? Before what? Before you decided to join them instead of us. Hmm. It's almost midnight. I hope we shall not have to wait very much longer. We are waiting for someone? A messenger with a package for you. A package? How nice. Aren't you just dying to know what's in it? Hardly, since I am the one who sent it to you. When the boy arrives, Templar, you will go to the door and accept the package. Oh, I will, huh? Indeed you will, and I shall be right behind you. And so will this Luger. Needless to say, my friend, any attempt to seek help from the messenger will result in not only your execution, but the boys as well. You play dirty poker, don't you? Who are you? Oh, it does not matter who I am. Well, it does to me. I always like to know who I'm being murdered by. Oh, I am called Maxine. Maxine? So you're Maxine. You have heard of me? Oh, but of course. She learned about me in Mexico City. I despise people who are abnormally inquisitive, just as you must. But by she, I suppose you mean Claire? Ah, that is what she calls herself now, eh? Claire. She's very beautiful, is she not? Uh -huh. When I saw you kissing in the railroad station before, I I almost envied you. Until I realized that you would soon be dead. Hmm. <laughs> what is it, Saint? No more whistling past the graveyard? I was just thinking. So you were the one we put on the little performance for in the railroad station, eh? Performance, eh? And until you saw Claire and me together, you imagined for some reason or other that I was at bat for your team. <laughs> I see. Oh, Please, Saint, do not waste the last moments of your life in resorting to childish ruses. <laughs> I think prayer is much more fitting for the occasion. Don't you see, Maxine? Claire's reason for getting me to the railroad station was to make you think that she and I were on the same side. Yes, of course. And she was the one who knew that my train was due at that time, eh? Not you, she. I was supposed to know when you were to arrive? You received my letter, did you not? You must have. I received your answer. Oh, please, Saint, please stop. 
clutching at straws. I am going to kill you. It is inevitable. You die as soon as I regain the package. Oh, yes, the package. Uh-huh. It was fortunate that I had the good sense to send it ahead to you when the train stopped in Philadelphia, was it not? <laughs> I should have been dead by now if I had not done so. You know, Maxime, I find myself in a very unusual position. Oh, I quite agree. It isn't every day that one gets killed. I meant it's unusual because if I weren't going to die by means of that efficient-looking little luger of yours, I think I'd probably drop dead from a case of acute curiosity. Just what... Yes, the messenger? Uh, my death knell, eh? Ask not for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Uh, who is it? Messenger, package for Templar. Do not open the door all the way. Act natural, perfectly natural. I will be right behind you. Remember, I shoot both you and the boy. Come on, you're going to open up a ranger. I want to go home. Coming, Henry. It's about time, and my name ain't Henry. It's Morris. Oh, mine, Simon. But in a few minutes, someone is going to change it to Morris. <laughs> What's the matter? Why'd you jump like that for? Something jab into your back? Uh, jab into my back? No, no, no. It's an old family affliction, spasms of the calabasas. You must let me tell you about it. It always comes uh-uh, out of... Not me. You don't tell about it. Tell your doctor. i got to get home and get some sleep. I'm pitching tomorrow. Pitching? Say, are you a pitcher? I'll say I am. I'm the best pitcher we got. Maybe you heard of our team, the Brooklyn Beavers? The Brooklyn Beavers? Of course I've heard of them. Yeah? Where? Where? Why? Well, everybody's heard of the Brooklyn Beavers, especially an old Yankee pitcher like me. I'm warning you, Sam. You pitch for the Yankees? Hey. Hey, hey, look, maybe you can help me with something. Get rid of him, Saint. Gee, another spasm of the Calahoosas, huh? (laughs) Too bad the things that happened to former pitchers. Yeah. Hey, look, mister, can you show me how to develop a good wind-up? Wind-up? You want me to show you how I used to wind up for a pitch? Gee, would you? Why, sure. Now, first you put this foot, the left one, out about mm, two feet. Two feet, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Next, clasp the ball in both hands and raise your arms up over your head toward the back. As far back as they'll go. Like this. That's right. You're getting it. Then using all the strength in your legs, all the strength, now you suddenly kick back. <laughs> hey, what's that? Hey, what's that noise in there? Noise? It sounds like somebody got hurt and then fell down. What's this? Mice. Mice? Yes, big ones. <laughs> You're nuts. And furthermore, you never pitch for no Yankees. You don't think so? I know so. I never seen such a lousy wind-up. Here, here's your package. And you can just forget about the tip, buddy. The thanks. The things some people tell you. And for what? Only so they can impress you. <laughs> Come on, Maxine. Wake up. Come now. It's time to be alive again. Here now. Sip some of this. There. That's... Hey, wait a minute. That's Napoleon brandy. If you spill it, Napoleon and I will never forgive you. You don't feel very well, do you, Max? Is that any kind of a look now to throw at a man who's just been feeding you Napoleon brandy? Go on, Templar. You hold the gun now. Get it over with. You mean shoot you? Oh, I wouldn't dream of shooting you, Max. Why, I'd be lonesome without you. Besides, I can't tell you how much I've been looking forward to an inch-by-inch travelogue based on your trip to Mexico. No, you... You will get nothing from me, Sam. Go ahead, shoot. I will not be the first man to die for something he believed in. Thank you, Nathan Hale. Oh, I am in 
Oh, yes, I know, and you must try to forgive me. But after all, what's a little kick in the pit of the stomach between friends? Tomorrow, perhaps, you'll be kicking me in the stomach. Oh, what? Give me water. I'll get you water, but I won't give you water. You'll have to buy it. Buy it? By answering a question. The thing I found in the package... What makes it so valuable? Oh, no, I, I will not tell you. I cannot water, please. Water. Maybe you can buy yourself a glass of water with the answer to this. I one. shall not answer any question. Uh, you have courage, my friend, but here's the question anyhow. There's a little man in a floppy hat and a suit that's too large for him, and another man roughly patterned after the Empire State Building. Do you know him? Yes. Your side? Our side? <laughs> no, no, Temple, not our side. Satan's. Mm, well, you have just won yourself a glass of water. Would you like to try for two? I will not answer any more questions. Oh, stubborn little fellow, aren't you? I'll get you water. And then I will make sure that you will be here when I get back. You, and then... You're going out? Oh, just down to the corner. I want to ask those two curious employees of Satan's just why they prefer to spend the night on the street staring up at my windows when beds are so much more comfortable. Excuse me. Yeah. What is it, Shui? Uh, may I trouble you for a light? Why, yes, sir. Oh. But my dear fellow, your cigarette is already lit. It is? You mean I've been smoking all this time and didn't eat? <laughs> How mild can a cigarette be? You're gone now. No more talk. That's amazing. This is the first time in all these years I've ever heard the Empire State Building speak. And just what are you doing so far from 34th Street? Ran out on your foundation, hmm? You're gone now. Or I hurt. Ali. Hmm. Gentlemen, just trying to have fun, Ali. Ali? Ali? <laughs> Didn't I read something recently about you and Rita Hayworth? You're gone now. You must forgive my friend, sir. He, he's very sensitive. Oh, and very inhospitable. Now, if you were visiting me in my home, or haven't you acquired squatter's rights to this stretch of sidewalk yet, huh? I do not understand. But then I will be blunt. Exactly what about my windows is so fascinating to you and this Near Eastern gargantua that you make a career out of observing them? I'm afraid you are mistaken, sir. My friend and I arrived at this particular place only a moment ago. You were standing here ready to breathe fresh air, not to watch anyone's windows. I make him to go now, Victor. He's good. It's quite all right, Ali. Gentleman is just making talk. That's right, Ali. I'm just making talk. As I was telling a friend of mine before, a, a fellow named Maxime, who recently returned from Mexico City, I said, Max, this thing you brought back from Mexico with you seems so absolutely worthless. But it must actually be very valuable since so many people are willing to commit murder for it. And Max just... Oh. It's good I blocked just this man, Victor. I think I see you give signal. It's the right thing I do. Exactly right, my dear Arnie, exactly. And now, if you will be so kind to carry him to the car, I have a feeling the leader would like to have a talk with this man who calls himself the saint. Wake up, son. I said, wake up. Herr Schmidt would like to talk to you. Huh? What? I said Herr Schmidt would like to have you talk with you. Tell him I never see anyone without an appointment. Yeah. You'll be respectful while in the presence of the leader. The leader? He conducts an orchestra? Yeah. Ask a civil question and you get a slap in the face. Yeah. Now stand up, Saint. 
On your feet. That's all right, Victor. Mr. Tembler can remain seated if he wants to. You see, Victor, I can sit here if I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you? You must be Schmidt. That is correct. And now, Tembler, we will immediately get down to the business at hand. Where is it? You mean you live here and you don't know? I have no intention of wasting time listening to your misguided attempts at humor, Templar. You know the object to which I refer. I must have it at once. You hear? I hear, and two will get you five. There are people in Germany who can also hear. Oh, oh for heaven's sake, You starting that face-slapping business again? I told you before. You have to be more respectful when the leader speaks. Yeah. If you'll just untie my hands for a moment, I'll show both you and the leader exactly how much respect I have for both of you. For the last time, Templar, where is it? What? The glass, you swine. The little whiskey glass that other pig brought to you from Mexico. Oh, that. Huh? You know, I had a feeling it was that whiskey glass you were after. Well, where is it? Try the five and ten. Yeah. Oh. You know, Victor, someone's going to have to sure you of that habit. You're going to hit that hand someday. You will answer the leader's question. Where is the whiskey glass? If I give the correct answer, do I get to try for the giant jackpot? If you give the correct answer, son, you get to die simply and quickly. And without any of your annoying little touches, my friend, Annie is so good at it. Oh, you make it sound so attractive. The glass is in my apartment. You lie! Ali and Victor searched all over your apartment. The glass you're looking for is mixed in with all my other whiskey glasses. They all look alike. Again, so... you lie. I brought it back here, all of your whiskey glasses. Now, that's dishonest. And the one we want is not amongst them. For the last time, say, what did you do with it? Very well, Victor. Guess I know when I'm licked. Ah, uh-huh. Now you're getting wise. The glass is in a check locker at Grand Central Station. A check locker? The key to the locker. Where's the key? Well, I'd be very happy to go home and get it for you. That will not be necessary. Just tell us where the key's hidden. It's hidden in the lamp on my desk. In a lamp? Where in the lamp? In the socket, where the bulb screws on. Just unscrew the bulb and put your finger inside the socket. You'll get it. You'd better be telling the truth, Templer. I'll go at once, Herr Schmidt. You will come with me? Yeah. And him? He's well tied, beside. Holly will return in a little while. And before you go, Victor, suppose you answer me a question. Uh-huh. Uh, tell me, who is your tailor? My tailor? Yes, I've been admiring that suit you have on. I think it's very considerate of your tailor to make it two sizes too large in case you have a friend visiting. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. The rest I say for Holly. He will do his best to entertain you while we are gone. He will do tricks for you. Oh, how nice. All sorts of tricks with hot irons and lighted matches. And, and you will see... Let us go, have you. After you, mein Herr. After you. Soon, now, soon. Iron will get hot. Iron will get very hot. Oh, I send my laundry out, Ali. It burned through skin. You like that, huh? Well, love it, but I'm a little disappointed in you, Ali. Ah. Your friend Victor claimed that you had some fresh and original ideas. That hot iron stuff goes back to the Middle Ages. Which is where I wouldn't mind going back to right now. I know business. Best torture man in whole world. You? You know better one. Sure. Who? Me. Uh. You thought you mind? The best. Ah, I know, Billy. You mean to say you've never heard of Terrible Templar? The trouble with you is you just haven't been attending the annual torturer's convention. Ah, 
Would you mind turning your head the other way next time you say pie? That's the kind of torture I don't deserve. I not believe you not torture tree. Ali, you just ignorant, that's all. Why my butterfly twist is famous everywhere torture is practiced. One first prize at the Iowa State Fair. Ah, iron soon be hot now. Then I show you. Hot irons. Pah. High school stuff. Tell me, how many lighted matches can you put under a fingernail? Three under each nail. Three? Only three? You do better. How many you put? Fourteen. Fourteen under one fingernail. Yes, three. Ah, I no believe. You big sharp. Liar. So I'm a liar, huh? I suppose now you want me to prove. Yeah, you prove. You show me. Untie my hands from behind this chair and I'll show you. Fourteen matches. Big sharp. Liar. There. <laughs> <laughs> you untie from chair. Now. You show me with the greatest of pleasure. Sorry, I broke the chair on your head, Ollie. I, I was getting sort of fond of that chair. Hello, Simon. Sweetheart, you've come back to me. Yes, I've come back, but... Too late, I'm afraid. Oh, too late? Don't be silly, Claire. Grand Central Station's open all night, or should we do our kissing right here? Oh, please, Simon, I, I'm not in the mood for Banner. There's a man here in your apartment. He's in the other room. That's Maxine. Surely you remember good old Maxine. Oh, yes, I have much reason to remember Maxine. He's dead. Dead? He was shot. Oh. Oh, that's too bad. He was a game little guy. You killed him? No, the unholy twosome was here looking for the glass. They did it. The little man in the badly fitting coat and the giant Arab? Yes. I should have guessed. But the whiskey glass, Simon. What happened to the whiskey glass? They have it. Victor and the man he calls the leader. The leader? He's in New York? Uh, Schmidt is here, all right. But believe me, not to stay. Nor is Victor long for this world. Now, I'm going to ask some questions. And what's more, I'm going to get some answers. Yes, Simon. I, I think you're entitled to some answers. You don't know why the glass is so important, do you? Obviously, it carries somebody's fingerprints. I can't think of any other reason why a ten-cent whiskey glass could be important, but whose? You have heard of Carl Bruder? Carl Bruder. Bruder, yes. Hitler's heir apparent. The man selected most likely to succeed him, but, but he's dead. It was never completely proven. He was thought to be dead. Go on, Claire. We have an organization among some of my countrymen which has sworn to track these beasts down. Well, we found Carl Bruder, our biggest prize in Mexico City. He'd had his face changed by surgery. He no longer was the fancy dresser he used to be. He used to call him the Nazi Bo Brummel. But still, adding together a hundred minute facts and clues, we knew it was Bruder. Well, why didn't you tell the government, Claire? They'd have taken over from there on. Well, because everyone now takes it for granted that Bruder's dead. They can't conceive that he's alive. Ah, so you got his fingerprints, the one thing that couldn't change, that would prove that Bruder was alive. Yes. We were going to send the glass to Germany to have the prints compared with the set of prints known to be Bruders that exist there. Yes. Then they would have believed us. Then they'd have to arrest him and make him answer for his crimes. But Bruder got wise. Oh, he knew that someone had gotten hold of the glass with his fingerprints. It was life or death to him to get it back. I was charged with bringing the glass here. And Maxine? Maxine. Poor Maxine. I was stupid. I, I didn't know. Didn't know what? Ours is not a very closely knit organization, Simon. The members seldom meet each other and, well... Uh, you mean you and poor Maxine were playing on the same team? Yes. But we didn't know. Neither of us knew. We each thought... Mm, it's 
too bad. When you heard that Max was coming to me to help him, you staged that scene in the station to make him think that I'd joined up on your varsity. Yes, huh? yes, I was stupid. <laughs> Max would still be alive if I... What's the use? It isn't Maxine's life that bothers me so much now. It's losing the glass. That is the unforgivable part of it. Now Bruder will get away. Well, you bet he doesn't. A long evening in Grand Central Station? There's no one here, Simon. Not even a light burning. No, and I was sure that... Welcome back, Mr. Templer. How good of you to return. Yes, Templer. How good of you to return. And we thought you didn't especially care for our hospitality. Oh, was it just poor You didn't care for things. Charlie? Hmm. Torture man, second class. What he doesn't know about our modern and improved methods would fill a morgue. Uh, I see you have brought a guest, Templer. How nice to have you here, my dear. Simon, I'm frightened. Frightened? You mustn't be frightened just because I'm holding a gun, my dear. Dying from a bullet is rather pleasant compared with some other ways. Yes, Mr. Templar. She isn't afraid of the gun, Victor. It's that, uh, that suit you're wearing. Stop it, Saint. I'm warning you. Yeah, and I too am. Well, well, the leader hurt his finger. It's going to look terrible when you salute yourself in the mirror now. Enough! But then, uh, leader, it's your own fault. A great big leader like you should know better than to put his finger in a live light socket. Enough! You will be quiet. You hear? Hear? You're rattling the ruins of the Reich's chancellery. And they're such lovely ruins. I was warning you, Saint. You only did it with a poor, simple-minded Ali now. I know. I had to use deception on poor, simple-minded Ali. But on you, I'll use force. That's what I use on poor, simple-minded Victor and the glorious leader. How does it feel to be looking down the wrong end of a Luger for once, boys? Only for you and others like you, it's the right end. Very well. You have won, Templar. But you still must prove that I, Johann Schmidt, am Karl Bruder. And without the glass... Yes, it's true. I do not have the glass you have. Ah, how unfortunate for you. But I have a roll of film. Film? Yes, I dusted the glass with powder and photographed the print. So I've got the fingerprints, and more important, I've got the leader, right? Uh, very well, Templar. You've got me. Yes, Johann Schmidt, I've got you, too. But it's Bruder who's the star attraction in my show. But I am Bruder. You're Bruder, huh? And you think Johann Schmidt, the German equivalent of John Smith, is the ideal alias for a wanted man? Uh, it, it was an easy name. It was... And the hotshot Führer lets little Victor precede him from a room. Oh, come, come. If you were the leader, loudmouth, the dictator's union would have you up on charges for that one. But he is the leader. He's Bruder, I swear. I'm sure, and Claire and I are Hansel and Gretel. You're Carl Bruder, little man. That's why you wear such a badly fitting suit. Bruder was the Nazi Beau Brummel. So your disguise called for you to get as far away from elegance as you could, didn't it? No, it is not true. Schmidt is called Bruder. I still think enough of good clothes to get furious every time someone makes a crack about your appearance, don't you? <laughs> Look at you. Oh, oh, that suit looks awful, Victor. It's got enough room in it for three ugly little tramps like you. You, you don't <laughs> See? There you go again. The furious Führer. You know, when you get mad, you look just like that other tramp. Adolf, that is. <laughs> but why worry about your clothes at a time like this, Gruder? 
What do you care what you wear when they hang you? You've been listening to another transcribed adventure of the saints, the Robin Hood of modern crime. Now here's our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, in tonight's cast, you heard Sammy Hill, Lou Merrill, Gil Stratton Jr., Charlie Lung, Ed Max, and Ted Varnell. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night.